When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and what a week it's been for Newcastle United. Um, I'm joined here by Mark Douglas and Chris Wolf. Um, and I guess the only place to start, Mark, is the uh, the HMRC raid yesterday to James Park on the training ground. Mm. Um, what, what do you understand actually went on? Lee Charney was arrested at the start of the day and then de-arrested um, and questioned and released yesterday without any charge. Um, the inquiry is ongoing, um, so there's not a heck of a lot we can say other than Rafa Benitez was getting on with his job yesterday morning. Uh, no problems there in terms of him um, getting on with that. I think it's very difficult to say. Obviously, it's an ongoing investigation. I think there's been so much written and so much sort of said about it so far that I think really we just have to kind of wait and see how it plays now. I know there's a lot of fans out there wanting to know what the implication is and what what will happen, but I think you know we've just got to let the inquiry kind of run its course. And I know that's not what Newcastle fans necessarily want to hear at the moment, but um, I think Rafa had it right at his press conference, which Chris was at um, when he just basically said, you know, business as usual at the moment, and it has to be. Uh, it has to be for for everybody, really, the fans as well. And I know that I know there'll be obviously huge amounts of uh, worry and things, but um, you know I think Newcastle will be playing Premier League football next year. Um, you know, there's no, nothing to suggest that that's not going to happen. So um, yeah, I think that's where we stand at the moment. Chris, you know, obviously the one question that was on everyone's lips at the press conference would have been the events of yesterday. How was Rafa in front of uh, well the country's media? Yeah, well, it was one of those strange press conferences where you know all the questions are going to be asked and that. He's not actually going to be able to say much about it. What can he add to the fact that it's an ongoing investigation? So he just he said that, look, it's an ongoing investigation. It's about things that happened four or five years ago before he was at the club, and he wasn't going to comment any further on that. One thing I did find interesting he talked about was that he spoke about the club going forward and that they've just been business as usual. It's been so much business as usual that when Lee Charney was released without charge, Rafa Benitez was on the phone to him asking about pre-season plans. So for Benitez, it really was business as usual, look, that's happened and it's going to be ongoing. We can't do anything about that. I'll control what I can control. And if that's about the club going forward and, and benefiting on the pitch and off it in, in the ways that they can from now. What a day, what a day to prove as well. Like, I mean, you know, we, we, talked about, we talked about Rafa as a manager. And I think like one of the things I was trying to get across a few weeks ago to a few people on Twitter who were really upset at the way the team played against Ipswich, you know, you know, understandably because the team weren't very good at Ipswich but you know Rafa Benitez the team are going to lose under Rafa Benitez they're going to play badly they're going to probably play like they did uh, at times under Carver under um, McLaren you know that's going to happen because that happens with all teams uh, especially a team like Newcastle that are really in the early stages of I think rebuilding themselves a bit of a credible force the, the thing is with Rafa you can talk about you know oh he got his tactics wrong and all this all you want but the thing about Rafa Benitez at Newcastle is that he is a manager who manages and by that I mean he doesn't just manage the free kicks he doesn't just manage the corners he doesn't just manage the team and how they do but he manages the whole situation and today needed a you know strong press conference it needed somebody to say something it needed you know something that that 
that people could kind of get their teeth into because the, the city was obviously worried about what happened yesterday and, and his own future as well. And I think you just saw that the guy just knows how to react to these things. And, and, you know, I think part of that is because he has managed things so well and people trust him as well. But, you know, it's about managing everything. It's not just about managing um, the team. It's about managing kind of, you know, how days like today go, you know, the, the, does the mood change? Is it kind of like, you know, does he kind of disappear under a rock and sort of say, you know, I can't say anything. I can't say anything about the future. I'm not going to say anything about the future. We could have done that. Um, but I think the club as a whole seems to be moving in that direction where they are, you know, they are kind of doing things right in that that was what needed to happen today. And I think it has happened. And, and that's really, that's really good. And I, I'd agree with you on that point because I think we've sat in, if we'd sat there today and it's still been Steve McLaren as manager, I think we would have been not fearful as to what he was going to say, but we just, he would have completely straight by it and said nothing at all. Now, Rafa didn't give any, didn't give anything away. He said it's an ongoing investigation, but he also, as, as Mark said, he didn't go and hide under a rock. He made it clear and you, you could see he was in control of the situation. It's a huge thing what's happened at Newcastle over the last couple of days. It's unprecedented. It, 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 nobody, knows, as Mark said, nobody knows what's going to happen, but Rafa Benitez was cool, calm, but composed, and he said, I'm going to control what I can control. That's got nothing to do with, with me. He answered the questions, but he answered them in a way that, that, that basically did give an answer more so than just it's an ongoing investigation. And a couple of key points. One was that he spoke to Mike Ashley, uh, Mike Ashley Wangham, and the other one was the pre-season date set and, and looking ahead to, to plans for next season. For the fans, that's they're two very important elements, aren't they? Because obviously promotion was secured on Monday, but straight away the question was, are you going to be here next season? And just them two little details... It's kind of calmed not just the, the raids yesterday, but the question over his future. Do you think? Yeah, I think you know the the, the deal with his future is is always going to be open. You know, I mean, it's quite interesting because yeah, I think part of the reason for the edginess about Rafa's future is is obviously January is is uh, you know on, on people's minds because stuff happened in January that we kind of like. I st- still think even Rafa was confused about. I think everybody's kind of still a bit confused about what actually happened, and probably only Mike Ashley could tell you why he became um, active again. You know, it didn't seem to make much sense to anybody. I don't think it's made any sense to Rafa either. Um, so that's been on people's... But I think even if Newcastle had gone through the whole season, it had been like it was last summer, people still would have been had these questions this summer because, quite simply, Rafa Benitez is the best manager that Newcastle have had in terms of his qualifications for a while. But other people are going to want to take Rafa Benitez from Newcastle, especially if he has a successful season next year. You know, that's going to be an ever-present threat with Newcastle because he is one of the best managers in the world. And Newcastle aren't one of the best football clubs in the world. You know, they're not... They're not, they're not acting like they're one of the best football clubs in the world. They're not acting like a team that at the moment that, that are going to be in Europe because they're not, they're not built for that at the moment. Rafa Benitez could probably walk away and do that. So we're going to have to just learn to live with the uncertainty around around Rafa because if big jobs become available and he takes Newcastle on next season, he's going to be linked with them as well. And it is going to be a case that, you know, that you're just going to have to learn to live with that. I'd rather live with that uncertainty with Rafa than I would the uncertainty that you had with other managers where you just weren't sure what was going to happen because they didn't really know what they were doing. And Rafa's a different kettle of fish. He's a very experienced manager. You know, it's like having a good player, isn't it? You know, you know that if you're not in the top six or you're not even in the top four, you know that those players are going to attract interest. And I think that is that is how it is with Rafa. The good thing we've seen with Rafa is that he can be swayed a little bit by emotion as he was on the final day of last season because he could have walked away if he'd have wanted to. But I think the emotional pull of Newcastle and the idea of a project really, really you know, captivated him. Why would that have changed now if he was given the backing? I don't think it necessarily would have. Um, but, you know, he loves politics as well. You know, he's a, he's been a political kind of 
you know, he's worked like that his whole career, hasn't he? He wants to. He's going to leverage the situation. They've like just got promoted on Monday. He's not going to say, "Yeah, I'm staying for 20 years," because then he loses some of his political capital, which is what happened with Alan Pardew when he used to come out and say some of the things he said. You know, he painted himself into a corner. Rafa's not going to do that. But interestingly, just on the emotion, but they kind of saw on on Monday when he, the full time whistle went, he let his guard down a little bit. There were, there were a little bit of teary eyes maybe and he, I think it, what do you guys think did you see a kind of a different kind of Rafa like it was against Spurs at the end of last season where he kind of yeah. let his guard down a little bit well it was it was interesting wasn't it because Rafa you know Rafa Stephen Gerrard said in his autobiography that Rafa was frosty and it was a cold kind of character and, and we haven't seen that in Newcastle really we haven't we haven't you know we heard we were me and Chris were listening to the game the other week uh, watching the, the game the other week on the touchline and he called Matt Ritchie Ritchie didn't he yeah, Ritchie. Ritchie and it's just like you know, you kind of think, well, like he likes Richie. Richie likes him. Uh, you know, Matt Richie likes him, but he's still calling him by his second name. It's kind of like it's weird. But then you see him at the end, and the players love him, the fans love him, and he and there is that kind of emotion there, but that professionalism as well. So, but I think we're seeing more emotion here than probably showed at Liverpool. I think that part of the emotion as well. I'm not saying it isn't genuine; it is genuine. But I think he also knows that that that, that is part of his ammunition to go. To make Ashley with he goes under the pitch on Monday. He's loaded yeah. well. The fans he had that against Tottenham last year when he had the face-to-face meetings with Mike Ashley. Part of the reason he wants this face-to-face meeting with Mike Ashley, which he's going to have hopefully before the end of the season, he said in a, within a few days, hopefully next week, uh, is because it's not just the fact that he wants a budget for next season. It's not just the fact that he wants shared ambition. It's that he there was a breakdown in trust in January, as Mark said. We don't know exactly what happened, and Mike Ashley probably is the only one. Benitez needs that trust to be re-established and he wants to sit face to face in front of Mike Ashley, have that conversation rather than just be over the phone, he wants to be able to look into his eyes and say, look, this is what I need to take this club forward. He's willing to compromise, that's what he's done, he's done throughout his whole career. At Liverpool, even when new owners came in and completely restricted uh, restricted his, his budget, he still got on with the job, he's done it at Napoli, he's done it elsewhere, it's not about having £200 million to spend, it's about having the capacity to take the club forward and having control to the extent that he can make an impact. And how important was that contact, uh, whether it been this morning or yesterday, between Mike Ashley and uh, Rafa Benitez, you know, the flat phone call? Because is that kind of going to be the first time they've maybe spoken, you think, since he joined? I mean, It's the first time he's spoken, they've spoken directly since uh, the last day of last season when uh, they spoke after the Tottenham game. Now, every single time Benitez has spoken Ashley, he's said that the conversation has been positive. So hopefully that means that there will be more positive conversations going forward. They're going to sit down face to face. He says his future is going to be discussed. He says everything will be discussed going forward. And I think it was important. It was important that that olive, uh, olive branch was offered by Mike Ashley. After all, Benitez and the squad have got them back into the Premier League. So congratulations was the very least I think they deserved. And that leads on to what kind of happens next. Obviously, playing squads, trying to budgeting to be set pre-season. For you, Mark, what's the most important thing straight off? Off. off the- well, I think I was just sorry. I was having a look there on my on my phone. Uh, I've been rude, not listening to Chris. It just I was having a look at the, the Newcastle's turnover. People have been talking about 150 million pounds for Newcastle spent. I just like I don't think Rafa Benitez is 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 talking about that kind of money. I don't think he's talking funds like that anyway because the turnover wouldn't have been much. You know, I mean, I don't know how much I, can't, I was. I couldn't find it there, but I think it was, it was 150, million, 150 million. So they're not going to spend their turnover on transfers. I mean, that is just ridiculous. You know, Rafa's kind of like he's got his. You know, he's he's not he's not unrealistic. And I think that what happens next is that that you know they have to in order to. I think there'll be money available to spend, but I think in order to spend big, they're going to have to sell players as well. 
and they're going to have to trade well, which they did last summer as well. And I think one of the things that Rafa in private has been telling people and, and and actually you know I think he said it a few times in public as well is that we we made a good we had a good business year as well we sold players um, and I know Newcastle fans kind of have mentioned this whole thing about net profit and net net profit which is kind of you know it's it's, it's a little bit um, I don't think the rest of the championship wants to hear it but Newcastle made made a profit um, so, that, so that's the key I think that Newcastle probably need six first team players six first team Premier League first team players um, I think Rafa said he, you know, he considers it a good transfer window and 80% of the players that you bring in are successful. So they probably need eight and then you're looking at maybe six or five or six of them would be would be successful. Five or six of them could make a difference. Um, they need at least that because they've not got enough goals in them for the Premier League. They've probably not got enough craft. They need a centre-back and potentially a goalkeeper when you see what happened on Monday. Um, and they, they need a right-back as well, I think, probably still. So there's a lot of players. I mean, the, the winger that he wanted was Andros Townsend, so there's a winger there they need as well. So there's a lot of players that they need. Um, but others all kind of raise as well. I mean, that was what Rafa said earlier this season, you know, that he brought in 13 players, and he was smart enough to know that that would raise the level of everybody else. The mistake that Newcastle have made in the past is that thinking that two or three players will be enough, two or three really good players, invest all your money in that, it's going to be enough. But you don't know that they're all going to come off, and that's that's the thing, and that's the difference with Rafa, isn't it? You know that he knows that it's going to take a few players that's going to they're going to need to keep pushing on, and it's that idea that they keep pushing in 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 different ways. That's what he wants. That's the insurance he wants. That Newcastle are going to keep looking forward. They're not going to do what they did two years ago, three years ago, and just sit there and say, right, well, we'll manage better. You know, our manager will. We've got a top five manager now, the, the League Managers Association Manager of the Year. He will be able to take us forward again. It's not that simple, you know. You've seen since January that Rafa hasn't been able to turn this team into a, a team that was doing what he was doing before January, and, and and he's managed by kind of getting them over the line by hook or by crook, really. So I think they need six players. I think they need, at the very least, they probably need to start working on things like improving the academy he'll want he'll want those assurances he'll want assurances I think probably on a, a new training ground facilities you know because those are the kind of things that have just been left he did little bits and pieces last last summer but he didn't get the whole picture that he wanted that has to happen in three years time I think in, if for him to still be here he has to have a lot more hands-on control because that's what you know he needs really so um, you know I think that's, those are the insurances he'll look for it won't all happen this summer just like it didn't all happen last summer but Playing staff-wise, they, they obviously need improvements, but they, the whole club needs to kind of keep moving forward, keep pushing people, keep pe- keep people on their toes. Um, and Chris, that leads us on to there's a few players' features up in the air. Obviously, Anita Gufan out of contract, Tim Krul's going to come back off loan. I mean, where do you stand on, on on those three? How do you see you know their summer panning out? Is it is it goodbye? Is it what do you think Benitez will want, want them to say? Well, the, I find the Anita one particularly interesting because. You look at a player like Vernon either. Is he a Premier League starter? Probably not. But if you were going to bring in a player like that squad-wise, you're probably going to be talking between 5 and £10 million just for a squad player like that. Do you let Anita go and have to spend 5 or £10 million of whatever budget you've got on a player like that who's versatile, he can cover and right back, he can play centre midfield, he can even play right wing as we saw earlier in the season? Or do you offer him a new contract even though he's, he's starting to get into his mid to late 20s? I think... I think Vernon is someone Benitez would like to keep, whether they do or not. I think he's still up in the air at this stage, but I think he's someone we'd like to keep. Gufran, you could try and make a similar sort of argument for, although I don't think that he is even as much of a squad player in the Premier League. I think that Johan Gufran's time probably has come to an end, early 30s now. 
didn't offer anything in the Premier League last year. Has first half of this season did very very well. Second half really tailed off and hasn't really offered anything. I can't see I can't see Johan Gufran personally. Tim Krull's an interesting one because Newcastle sent him out on loan to to get game time. First half of the season that didn't happen. Second half of the season he has been playing, but they have so many goalkeepers. At least one of the goalkeepers is going to have to leave this this summer. Potentially, he might even go for another, but I, I don't think that's going to be a priority position because he needs to strengthen elsewhere, and he has a few goalkeepers. Rob Elliott obviously played on Monday, back in the team now. Carl Darlow's had a very good season overall. Although I think I still do think Rafa has a couple of slight concerns about him. You've got Matt Sells, who probably will leave this summer, but you've also got Freddie Woodman, who has big ambitions. So Tim Crow, they'll have been watching him. Whether they think he's done enough, I think that. We could well see Tim Crow leave this summer for free. He's only going to have a year left on his contract. Extend that last summer to, to get to get a bit of value. And I, th- I, I personally, I don't think he will have done enough to get a, uh, to to force his way into the first team. But then again, I haven't been watching him week in week out, so I can't see that for certain. For you, Mark, I want to ask you about Atsu. Obviously, his loan deal coming to an end soon. Has he done enough to convince you that he can be a permanent player at Newcastle? Uh, no, not not really. No, I mean I know that the, I know that the, there was talk, wasn't there? Of, Six six point five million pound deal on the table, you know. I don't know. I mean, I think you know. I suppose the diff- I suppose the the big question is is Rafa. Is that, who, I don't know. Getting this dog outside, you know. Yeah. It's absolutely last, yeah. last week we had a fire alarm. This week we've got a random dog. We'll, 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 we'll battle on. Somebody obviously <laughs> doesn't want me. I, I think that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it it is a player that you've got. You know, Rafa. Believes in a squ- it's squad game, so I think when Chris is talking about Vernon and Nita there, you know you, you, Vernon and Nita could come in. I mean, we've seen Daryl Murphy do it this season, come in and do really, really well um, in the games that he's played. He's not played many, but he's done really well when he came in. And it's about having that level of player who you know is not going to play. It's very difficult to bring in players who you, who are not going to play. We're not going to play regularly because they want if, if they're really good players, they want to come in and play. Now Murphy hit the sweet spot, didn't he? Between good player but he probably knew he wasn't going to play but was going to be smart enough to know that he could come in and he'd have a role to play now Vernon Neat is going to come in he won't expect to play every week if you bring in a right back who expects to play every week and he doesn't play every week then it's kind of it, it, it poisons the dressing room a little bit there's a little bit of you know discontent there in the dressing room so I think Vernon would be a probably a good one Atsu he did okay didn't he on um, he did okay on, on Monday again I mean he played he played quite well I I suppose for six and a half million, it's not a bad deal. Um, but I mean, you know, they'll, they'll they'll be looking for better than that. They, they were, he wouldn't be like a marquee signing. It would be a kind of squad player. And if he's done well, you know, Rafa's obviously seen enough in him. If he's done well this year and his mentality's been right, then you know, why not sign him? I suppose if there's money there to spend and it's not going to take too much out of the budget, um, you know. But will he be able to step up to the Premier League level? He's not done that yet, has he? But uh, but yeah. I'm not 100% sold on him. It's not like a kind of Loric Remy situation where you were desperate for him to yeah. sign. It, it's more a kind of, you know, yeah, it'd be useful. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be uh, upset if he, didn't, if, he, if he signed because he's, he's good. But I, I've not seen loads from him to suggest that he's, he's going to tear the Premier League apart. But you never know. You know. He might get another chance, obviously, uh, tomorrow against Cardiff. Uh, how do you see that game going? What are Newcastle going to do? Is the title going to be at the forefront of their mind? Is that a win... Do you think that's something Benitez still thinks is possible? He's still thinking about it, still, and until it's mathematically impossible, he will keep thinking about it. They can put the pressure on Brighton, they played before them, go a point behind them, and Brighton then have a home game, which you'd say was winnable, but if Newcastle only go a point behind them, who, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, it'll be difficult after the what's happened this week. First of all, 
the euphoria of promotion. They had the day off on Tuesday, then to come in on Wednesday with the raids and whatnot. I think focus, it'll be difficult. Plus, we're going to see a much changed squad. There's going to be no Jamal Lascelles, no Matt Ritchie. Uh, there's, there's other players who, who are out. Rolando Orange probably isn't going to be involved. Dwight Gale probably isn't going to be involved. So we're going to see players such as Atu could get an opportunity. We could even see the likes of Sami Amiobi. Who knows, Matt Sells could even start a goal after what we saw Rob Elliott was, was in goal on Monday. Could we see Matt Sells come in from nowhere? It's going to be a much change in Newcastle side. Whether that may Cardiff's not an easy place to go since Neil Warnock's taken over. They've done pretty well. They've gone from looking certs to go down to now they're in mid-table. No, They've got no pressure on them either. So I, I think it's going to be a difficult ask for Newcastle on a Friday night with everything that's gone on this week. But... While the title's still there, Rafa Benitez wants to win every game he possibly can, and he's going to he's going to put out a team he thinks is capable of doing that. But I don't think it's going to look much like the team that played on Monday. And what do you think that Newcastle have to do to kind of beat Cardiff? You know that they, they do set up quite well, and Neil Warnock has a um, it's it's quite a feisty yeah. relationship with Benitez. Is that going to add a bit of spice? Um, to it? I think I think that 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 kind of background, that 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 nice kind of subplot. Um, has probably gone now. You know, they they met in the early in the season, and there was no there was no needle there at all. And I think Warnock's, you know, probably a little bit of a different man from from the man who was kind of you know chasing after him in two thousand seven. Um, you know, Car- Cardiff. I I wouldn't have been overly confident. I've, ironically, I wouldn't have been massively confident with Newcastle if they were going there needing to win, and they'd drawn on on Monday. I wouldn't have said, oh, you know, they're definitely gonna they're definitely gonna win that game because. I, but I think with the, with the pressure off. It probably helps Newcastle a little bit, you know. They lose tomorrow; it doesn't really matter, you know. They're, they're going to finish second. I actually think, you know, it's been a lot about mentality for Newcastle recently. It's been, it's been a lot of pressure on them um, in the last few weeks to get sort of get over the line, if you will. And, and I think it'd be easier tomorrow. But I think they'll just set up exactly the same way that they have done in all the away games this season. Rafa, we know Rafa has a really set idea of how he wants his teams to play I think he'll go there and I think it's just about them executing the game plan properly they didn't do that against Sheffield Wednesday they didn't do it against Ipswich just made mistakes didn't they concentration wasn't great so if they do that and they get the concentration right there's probably enough talent in that team still to win um, it's a good Cardiff team actually they've got some good young players they might have a chance next year they might be top six contenders because you know, Warnock kind of knows the division doesn't he and um, it's going to be a difficult championship next year Sunderland I mean Sunderland are going to go down aren't they Sunderland are gonna are gonna find it as hard as Newcastle did, but without some of the momentum that kind of Newcastle had, Sunderland are gonna find it really difficult because the kind of guy teams like Cardiff, you just think, yeah, I mean they're you know, they're building for next year. Warnock's I think a good manager at that level, really good manager at that level. Um and I I just you know, I think that they'll be looking to impress kind of on the final game of the season because he's that that kind of manager. Um but I think they'll have a go next year, Cardiff. I really do. And you know, you look at their team and they've got one or two really good young players and add one or two decent kind of signings to that. They're, they're, they're a decent team and they're in the bottom. Are, they, are they in the top half? Uh, Mid-table now. You've got to be glad that Newcastle are out of this division because next year just wouldn't fancy it in there at all. You know, Leeds are potentially going to have money because they've, they've got... Wolves are going to have money and a good manager. Cardiff, you know... Borough are probably going to come Norwich. down and be smart. Smart Norwich are going to have another kind of Villa. Burton Albion. Albany, Bradford yeah, City are going to get promoted <laughs> in the next few weeks. I mean, they're going to be a huge team with, a, with the biggest crowds in the division, probably. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, it's going to be a tough division next year. I don't know whether Bradford want to get promoted. It'll be tough. <laughs> um, score predictions then, Chris? Well, Rafa wants this uh, 14th away victory of the season. He wants this record. I'm not 100% convinced. I gave a prediction earlier in the year 2-1. Now I think I'm going to go ones each. 
Uh, I think Newcastle will go there, set up. I think Cardiff will get an early goal, but I think Newcastle will score later on and get a draw. Mark? I think Newcastle win 2 1. Right, I will go with that. Uh, I'll go with two one as well. Was there a question you need to ask me about the away yes, fans? I remember. So yes. this was so somebody this from uh, Mincy who got in touch on Twitter to ask about the possibility of the away fans moving from level seven down to pitch sides if the yeah. um, Premier League get their way. I mean, what, um, what you understand of that situation? It's not going to happen. Is my understanding of the situation um, at the moment? Uh, well, no, it's not going to happen. Newcastle have kind of made a compelling argument based on safety that the fans shouldn't be moved. So my understanding at the moment is that the Newcastle fans, the away fans, will still be in level seven. Um, there's some issue, I think, with the exits that they're not. If you had away fans in with the home fans, they would both be going out the same exits. I think something to do with that anyway. Um, and there's kind of compelling reasons. That's not officially come from the club, um, but that's my understanding of it anyway. You know, it, it's it's kind of difficult, isn't it? Because the stadium is not really built for away fans to be at pitch level um, at St James's Park. Uh, a lot of other stadiums they can kind of get down there but I think it, I just don't think it's possible um, is it good for the atmosphere I like, actually think it would be quite good for the atmosphere you know, I think sometimes the atmosphere at Newcastle this season I mean it's another podcast isn't it really I know the guys from True Faith did a really good podcast on it shouldn't be, shouldn't be um, bumping the uh, rival podcast but they, they did and um, it was a really it was really interesting listen actually and because they're fans as well so they know you know they know what they're doing um when they're talking about that but i thought that was really interesting and, and maybe like having away fans down there would be a good would be a good way to sort of but it's not going to happen next year chris what what's just your quick take on that would would moving the, the away fans bring a better atmosphere to, to the ground or was it about perhaps and like this is we will do another podcast on this but create maybe a singing section for the home fans to get the atmosphere lifted I and mean, what what's your thoughts well, I mean, there's been initiatives this year. Obviously, there's been Gallagher flags. I, I spoke to a couple of people from Warham last week who are trying to do similar. They're, they're, they're talking about singing sections. And so I think a singing section would be, would help, would move in the away fans down, increase the atmosphere, potentially. But I think that that we've seen great St James's Park atmosphere over the last few years without the away fans being moved down. I don't think it's, nece- it's, it's necessary that that happens. I understand from an away fan's point of view, it's not great having to pay the money to come up to St James's Park and then sit up in the gods. I don't think that's necessarily fair from that point of view. Safety issues, I understand if that is the reason why it doesn't happen, but I think the atmosphere can be improved without that. I, I don't I don't pretend to know what the answer is, but I think that we have seen, like the Spurs game last season, the atmosphere was fantastic then. West Ham a couple of years ago, even Leeds a couple of weeks ago, that was there was a brilliant atmosphere for that. It's just about finding it I think it's more of a, na- of a natural thing as well it's got to be organic rather than forced there are things you can do like Gallagher Flags which I think is a brilliant initiative but I think it's, it also is just with the fans and really embracing the atmosphere in, in the way that they want and I, I, th- I think it will come back again in time it's just been a bit of a strange season for that yeah it's been difficult as well hasn't it because you know it's like I mean what's really interesting is that there's been uh, a kind of expectation on Newcastle to win these games from from you know not just from fans not that kind of lazy old thing of like Newcastle fans but I, we expect them to win pretty much every home game and there's only been one or two where you'd say well, I'm not sure about them today that breeds its own kind of difficult difficult difficulty in the atmosphere doesn't it it's difficult to get yourself up for a game against you know Ipswich or something when you're expecting to win that game and then you're not after 40 minutes it's been difficult and it's been a lesson for the fans as well I think next season the atmosphere will just get better just full stop because it'll just be well god we've got we're in a Premier League team now we've got to win as many games as we can I don't think it's been like that when they went top after those 11 games that Blackburn game the atmosphere was really odd 
Um, it's also if you're going to have teams like Chelsea and Manchester United coming, you don't need to, fans will just the atmosphere yeah. will be there. We know that from the past, particularly United games at St James's Park. It's a bit different. No disrespect to any team, but if say Burton Albion or Blackburn Rovers or someone is coming, it is slightly different to when you have some of the world's best stars coming to play in the, some of the world's biggest clubs. Well, Burton are an irrelevance, aren't they? You know, anybody anybody from Burton or who's kind of worked in Burton should probably know. No, that's a, that's a joke, by the way. But I do actually think Burton look as if they're going to stay up, don't they? Well, yeah, you know, just one, more, one be, more point. Who's yeah. the best manager this season, Rafa or Nigel Clough? You got to give it to Nigel Clough. Cloughy, with that budget and what he's done, I think you know people are seeing Chris Hutton, or was it? He didn't it, get him up though, did he? Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank no, he did he had to finish the job off that is that again that's another Jimmy newspaper Floyd had, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank um, had, had done all the hard work <laughs> Nigel Clough stormed came in no I think in all seriousness I mean another kind of interesting championship story isn't it it's like it's good it's been good in the league actually there's been a load of different stories to kind of report on I mean Huddersfield getting into the playoffs what an incredible achievement for David Wagner you know but and, and I think probably we all sat around I, I don't know about Chris but I underestimated the league massively um, and I said I wasn't going to at the start of the year but I did because I thought Newcastle once they got 11 games or 10 games or 9 games was it win I thought that was the, the league done and it, it just wasn't because there's a lot more quality in there I um, think what I underestimated was just how much other teams would raise their game against Newcastle I knew that Newcastle were the big draw going into the league but the amount of journalists and fans from opposition clubs who you visited and they're like that was one of our best performances. Even when Newcastle have won, that was one of our team's mm. best performances. I think I did underestimate how much of an effect that would have and how much of a big game atmosphere it would be for every other team. And yeah. I think that was something I didn't... And that's because of Rafa as well, because we, yeah. in 2010, 20, 2009 it wasn't like that because Newcastle, although they had big players, they, they were kind of like, you know, it was... Chris Hewton wasn't a big name at the time. Obviously, he's kind of got a reputation now and his scenes that, but... Newcastle weren't, I mean, they were still a massive club, but they weren't in that division anyway, but they weren't the Rafa Benitez, Newcastle United. And it was like every team seemed to want to this year knock Rafa off his perch. There was that kind of like thing of, you know, and, and, and Rafa kind of liked that. You know, he, he, the siege mentality at the end of the season has been, you know, ridiculous. You know, they, like sometimes they've gone a little bit over the top, to be honest. But Rafa's been a, this kind of draw wherever anybody's gone and everybody's wanted to talk about him and what he's done and stuff and um, it's been an interesting season and I think you know just thank God they've gone up because it would have been really tough next year just finally finally, will part of you miss the championship obviously you're going to cover the Premier League clubs next season all the nice stadiums but part of you miss the championship partly yes I wrote a piece last week and this was more in terms of talking about Newcastle fans because the first half of the season there was all the stuff about oh everyone said and enjoy the championship in Newcastle well we are well they did for a large portion of the season but what this league does to you is it does wear you down by the second half of the season everyone connected with it the players the managers journalists fans it, it is a long long season and it does drag on and once you stop winning on a, on a, on a Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday and you cast through that period of one every week when you stop doing that it does become a bit laborious I, I will miss elements of it it's great going you go to some really really old fashioned grounds some the atmosphere obviously it's always a big game Newcastle always a big draw I will miss that element of it um, but I think overall it, it was nice for one season but I wouldn't want it to have extended any further not just because uh, I think Newcastle are, are, should be back in the Premier League but, but also just because it is such a long and hard arduous and I think fans would have quickly fallen out of love with it they've been in for another yeah. season 
It's weird, isn't it? Because I think actually, yeah, I think the championship's great, and I think the football league is is really, really great. The problem is, you, you say enjoyed it for Newcastle United because you knew how much there is resting on it for Newcastle. It's not like back 20, 30 years ago where you're in the second division, and you know there's no material difference between the first and second division in some ways because you're not. It's not like such a game changer to be out of it that you're going to lose all this relevance. The problem for Newcastle was you can't really enjoy being in the being in the championship because the you just simply couldn't have the same Newcastle United that you've got now in the Championship because they wouldn't have the same money, they wouldn't have the same manager. So you could you could enjoy it for a while when they were winning, but when they started losing and it started looking like oh, they might not go up, then you start thinking what are the ramifications of not not um, not going up. But they've won twenty, what is it, twenty four games this season? What, how many? Uh, no, I think it's about twenty seven. Twenty seven games a season. They hadn't won that many games for like the last three seasons yeah. combined. I think so. They've won a lot of games, which has been enjoyable, hasn't it? I mean, the, the win record uh, in the Premier League. Newcastle haven't had a higher win record than twenty five percent in the or twenty four percent in the Premier League for the last three seasons. Now, of, well, since the second part of the third to last season, then the last two seasons, their win record was under twenty five percent. It's been about sixty percent this year now. That is the problem for Newcastle next year. There's a, such a massive jump to get up there, but um, so they have enjoyed winning games, and hopefully that breeds a bit of a winning mentality because they had a losing mentality for two, three years. Fantastic. Well, um, that concludes it. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, you can pop onto the website for all the latest news on Newcastle United, and we'll bring you all the live coverage from uh, Cardiff tomorrow. Thank you very much. <laughs>